You're listening to the TV Obsessive channel, presented by tvobsessive.com. Hello, welcome back to the TV Obsessive podcast. This is episode 24. My name is Ryan Kirksey, writer and contributor to TV Obsessive, and I am joined once again, as always, by the executive editor. We have to wait a week to see if he's a psychopath or a socialist. It's Cameron Crane. How are you doing today, Ryan? I don't know if you're if you've been if you've bought a gun lately. If they've uh, made you wait a week to see if you're a psychopath. No, I mean I have not bought a gun. Uh, I don't. I don't think I'm a psychopath. Um, <laughs> I am the outlier in, in Texas. I do not own any guns. Oh really? I thought it was like required. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> yeah, part of you you get your driver's license. They hand you a gun here. In Texas. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. No, none, none for me. But, uh, but uh, our our characters in in uh, in Fargo that we'll talk about today certainly we have some some things to discuss uh, there. We're going to be in in episode three today. Yeah, so picking up Fargo season five. We're on the third episode uh, again. Uh, we're putting these out sort of right after the episode airs uh, on uh, FX here on Tuesday nights. Uh, so do be aware in the latter half of the pod there will be spoilers for uh season five episode three um and we'll give another spoiler warning as we get there right but as per usual you know we start out kind of chatting a bit about things in the news uh talking about what we've been uh watching lately all of that sort of thing so start with the news it's november 28th ryan uh we'll call your eye this week well sticking with noah holly who created and and produces the the fargo show that we're discussing he's got another show coming out with on FX, an aliens-centric show, and it now has at least one big name in it, Timothy Oliphant. He, he of the many FX shows is signed up to be on this on this one. What do you think about this this news? Are you interested in a Noah Hawley aliens show? Well, first of all, yes. <laughs> um, this is man. I feel like they announced the plans for this a couple of years ago. Yeah, and it's one of those things that's been on my radar and. You know, there haven't been a whole lot of updates. So the fact that there's a casting announcement, one, it's great because it's Timothy Oliphant. Mm-hmm. I love Timothy Oliphant, you know. Um, and two, just the fact that they're casting the show makes me uh, confident that, hey, maybe this actually is going to happen finally. I mean, I, you know, I don't know. There have been, I feel like over the past few years, there have been several things that have kind of been announced and then they didn't yeah. happen um or aren't going to happen uh for some reason sam espale's uh uh metropolis yes. comes to mind for me and and there were a couple I, speaking of sam espale i think also battlestar galactica wasn't there supposed to be a new battlestar galactica i'm not sure if that's happening anymore. there was several years ago yes never seen anything about it yeah, yeah. so i guess aliens happening no holly you know you've got fargo and then do you ever watch legion uh i saw we talked about this i've seen a couple of episodes of legion yes that was i mean it's a weird show yeah <laughs> uh, i rather enjoyed it i wrote on the last season of that as it was airing and uh you know but probably not for everyone but yeah you know uh, holly definitely has a way of having a distinctive style and uh what i had heard about this alien show earlier on anyway was that his plan was for it to be set in the universe of the alien films but i think it's going to be focused more on like not xenomorphs like i I think it's uh gonna be like on earth with the corporation or the company or was it the company wayani or something like that yeah i think that's right i think they've uh... They've come out and said recently that this is going to be set in between Alien and Aliens. So sort of back to the glory days, as it were, from the two most uh, most popular films. But yeah, I, I like mean, it's, inter- it's yeah, it's it's interesting the parallels also to this show. I'll talk about in a little bit. Monarch, where it's focusing on some kind of organization in the midst of all the other things that are that are going on. So we're getting deep in that one one issue. But yeah, I mean justified two two different versions of justified he was in the fourth season of fargo i mean this is this is right up timothy oliphant's alley here going back on fx and back with back with holly so i'm definitely in yeah no, i hadn't heard that it's going to be between the first the first two films i like that a lot i i personally have always found 
I always thought it was a little bit of a cop-out that there's the time in between those two films, actually. Now, yeah. we're not going to get... We're not... Uh, it, there's no way you can remedy that because you had Ripley, you know... In, uh, she was like in a coma or something. I don't remember now. Anyway. She was in, uh, yeah, Space Sleep or whatever it was. Yeah, Space Sleep or whatever. I always thought, like, given the way the first film ends, that, like, oh, well, now time's passed. I always felt a little bit like no one's going to have to deal with the consequences of what happened on that first ship <laughs> properly, you know? Um, so, anyway. Yeah, no, yeah, this, this, this should be great. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this to this show. And you're right. It makes it more real when you attach someone like that to it they're not gonna let this come out without you know any sort of finality to it yeah that's great um we got the uh the looney tunes thing over the past couple days to talk about <laughs> this is uh you last week it, last week it was rumors of canceling the muppets now it's looney tunes i don't know what our world's coming to well no they disney plus did cancel the muppets they canceled <laughs> muppets mayhem that that's true. I haven't seen anything yet as to whether like they're going to pull it off of Disney Plus. Um, the news came out yesterday, and it was I guess this was based on you know one of their uh, press release things about just what's leaving Max, you right, know, right? And um, but some people noticed that it said that they were pulling all of Looney Tunes, <laughs> and you know there was outrage, and then. They came back and said, oh, no, actually, that was like a clerical error. We're just <laughs> yeah. taking off this one Looney Tunes film from 2003 or whatever. And I mean, uh, when are these when are these companies going to start messing with their iconic brands? I mean, just there is no Warner Brothers without Looney Tunes or people of a, of a certain age, I think. Yeah, again, I mean, it's it's very central to the world. So, yeah. I mean, good that they're not taking everything off. But then I did read, apparently, they are removing a bunch of Adult Swim shows. Okay, so this was a surprise to me. I had not heard this yet. Yeah, um, I don't have, I don't have, like, an article on this. I saw a tweet or oh, okay. X. <laughs> um, a Z. But, but the source was, again, one of those press release things. Um, and the one that stood out to me was Frisky Dingo. Apparently, they're removing Frisky Dingo uh, in a couple of weeks. You ever watch Frisky Dingo? Are you familiar mm-hmm. with Frisky Dingo? I have never seen it. I'm afraid to ask what it's about. I'm a big fan of Frisky Dingo. <laughs> Are you familiar with Archer? Yes. All right. So Frisky Dingo, uh, Adam Reed, who went on to create Archer, Frisky Dingo was his show before that. I see. And um, <laughs> it's hard to say, like, what it's about. Um I mean, I could, I guess. It's a business they went. Uh, so you've got, um, oh man, okay. So I'm totally blanking on the guy's name. This is really, this is embarrassing. How am I? It's like my avatar on Sleeper. <laughs> um, hang on, I'll find it. Anyways, it's, it's, it's uh, the guy is building um, our villain, as it were, who is, Maybe not. Yeah, Killface. That's his name. Okay. Killface. So that's where you start out. Killface is is building the Annihilatrix. And um, I haven't watched it in a while. But anyway, go watch Frisky Dingo before right, it disappears. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to grab it, yeah, before it, before it disappears. Okay. It's, you know, it's one of these things where it's, it's just like short animated episodes. It's funny. Maybe yeah. not everyone would think it's funny. If it's not for you, it's not for you, you know. But uh, that was the one that stood out to me. And there's a list of some other things apparently they're pulling as well, which sucks. I mean, yeah. you know, I don't know whether these shows that they're pulling are available elsewhere, if they will be available elsewhere. I think that tends to vary a bit, you know. Not everything is just being shot into the void when they pull it off yeah. the streaming service. But it's just really disappointing when it's like their own proprietary stuff, which Adult Swim also is here. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, that's that's true. And you, you know, we don't have anything on the reasons why for this this decision. But uh, you know, if it's their own things, it can't be this. Oh, Netflix bought the rights to it for two years thing. It's you know, it, it's got to be some some business decision, which which you know, failed to understand at this point. Yeah, it's like, the, I mean, I guess, I guess they're just saying, hey, not enough people are watching this. It's not yeah. worth our, you know, it's not worth the server space. Yeah. 
or the few or the few cents we have to pay to the actors when people do watch it yeah yeah or whatever whatever (laughs) the details are there anyway it's a it's bummer it pisses me off you know i know it was never entirely actually promised that somehow these streaming services would be archives but that's what i want yes i'd like to view it that way i'd like to say okay well you've got um you know the warner media streaming service that has everything they have ever done (laughs) like that's what i want that's what the ideal world for me would be (laughs) but that's not going to happen and and instead i think it's just going to get way messier too because you are starting to see again some things being licensed to netflix yes hbo shows and stuff like that you've got the whole fast streamers and it's just going to be a mess Yeah, it's going to be cross licenses and things are moving. You don't know where they are or where they've gone. Yeah, yeah. it's going to continue to be a mess. At risk of getting ahead of myself, I'm going to mention Doctor Who later. Yeah. Why is it on Disney Plus? I I, I couldn't, like, I couldn't figure out. I was like, wait, why? why, It's a BBC show. Like, I don't, what, what, okay. That that one, I, you know, not being someone who watched Doctor Who more than the one episode we did recently, I I could not quite understand that one. Why that the I guess these new specials have showed up on Disney Plus. I guess they just have acquired the U.S. rights to it from BBC for for these specials. Yeah, it's just yeah. these specials. And then I think you were saying, I think that the the rest of the series is on Max. Yes, that doesn't line up with brands either. Yeah, BBC America is affiliated with like AMC. I don't know, man. It just, (laughs) you just, it's like you can't apply the logic of the network relationships, I guess, to figure out where something's going to be available. It just might be anywhere. Yeah, no, that's, that's true. That's true. Well, we do know, just moving on, we do know that The Bear season three is going to be available on FX on Hulu. We know that that's coming. We talked about this a few weeks ago. It's scheduled to begin after the first of the year. Jeremy Allen White has broken the news that this is coming. And uh, he said in an interview that he wants two things. He He's hopeful that his character gets out of the refrigerator. If you haven't seen the show, you may not know what that means, but I uh, think we can say, safely say that will happen. And he wants Olivia Coleman to return. You remember what episode she was in? Well, yeah, she was in the, um, you know, um, Forks. That's right. Um, and, uh, I mean, I, I'd love to see her character return. Absolutely. I don't know that it would make a lot of sense to the show, really, for her to return. Um, yeah, she was a very small part in one episode, you know, maybe five minutes. So, yeah, I don't know where she would fit into that universe, but she's a, she, she's she's highly in demand right now. She was in this yeah. MCU show. She was in The Bear. She apparently just did an interview with British Vogue saying she wants to be M from James Bond. Um, so she's she's kind of in I could, demand. I could see that. I could see that. Yeah, I mean, as far as the Bear season three, it's up to the writers of the show and everything else. I mean, right. Off the top of my head, the most I can imagine would be like, you could have Carmi calling her on the phone for advice or something, but I just don't know yeah. how um, you fit her in there, if it makes sense to fit her in there. That is, but, that is um, There is some relationship there because he asked her to to take on uh, Cousin for, for a bit, so there must be some relationship there. But anyway, that's getting ahead of ourselves. It's coming back. They're going to start production. Everybody's really excited about it, I think. Yeah. Whether Olivia Coleman is in season three or not, I can't wait for season three. Yeah. What honestly is really one of the best shows out there, in my opinion. You know, I've started thinking about like uh, what what what's the best show of the year as we approach the end of twenty twenty three. It's in the mix. So it, it is. This is very weird that you said that because I've been thinking about the exact same thing, and I think just in my mental list right now, I think that it's number one for me. I haven't decided on that, but I'll probably I'll decide sometime next month. But it is absolutely in the mix. Yeah, I have to do a little bit more work to review. I always, it's always one of these things where I have to review a bit and to remember that like things that were in January were this year, right? You right. know what I mean? And so I haven't quite done that yet to, to double check that. Man. Um, Last piece of news I saw this this week was. I've not been much of a Shark Tank watcher over the past uh, 15 years, but Mark Cuban, a staple of that show, owner of the Dallas Mavericks, after this coming season, he's he's stepping out. No more Shark Tank for, for Cuban. I saw that. And, you know, I have seen Shark Tank, and I, I, don't, I can't say I watch it regularly or anything like that, 
this yeah. was striking to me because he is the only person I could name to you who was on Shark Tank. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I, I, I I know that there are other people like I don't, is Piers Morgan on it? I don't think so. Oh, that's a long that's, time ago. I think he used to be okay. Like I don't know who was on Shark Tank other than Mark Cuban. I don't know what I think of Mark Cuban anyway. I don't. I don't want to get on the tangent about that. But yeah, that's, that's he, he uh, just had a funny quote as he said that he was leaving, which was. You know, you know, he was already a billionaire. I think before this this show. Oh, absolutely. Um, he, he basically commands come out came out and said, "Hey, the market's been doing all sorts of things in the 15 years I've been on the show, but I've been successful every year because I'm investing in the right companies." And so, basically, none of the rest of you have been able to do well, but I have because I've had this opportunity to invest in all these great startups. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, call me crazy, but I might think that he was making money off of the Dallas Mavericks. You know, I mean, <laughs> he think, certainly was. Um, <laughs> probably, you're probably pretty well set as the owner of the <laughs> Dallas Mavericks. It's just, just a guess. That's oh, right. That's yeah. right. Anyway, now if you want Mark Cuban, you got one more season to catch him. Yeah. Okay. And then I yeah. guess he'll keep making it. And then. <laughs> What are you watching? If you're not, if you're watching Shark Tank, what, what what are you watching right now? Well, so I mentioned Doctor Who. I want to talk yes. about the first Doctor Who special, the 60th anniversary of Doctor Who. Um, they're doing three specials, I guess, and the first one came out over the weekend, and um, I couldn't help myself. I felt compelled to watch it like right yeah. away. I mean, I saw people starting to talk about it and all of that. So I said okay, you got me. I'll sign up for Disney Plus since that's where it is for some reason. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, you know, it was really, uh, I don't know. I mean, I might have some intellectual level criticisms, but it got me right in my feels. Oh, man. I mean, it was, you, I know you don't, you don't have the background here, and I don't want to spoil it for people, but people already, people know from the trailers and everything already what's going on here it's hardly a spoiler because it's the return of david Tennant and Catherine yep. tate and that relationship of what happened with her character donna you know you you, you kind of know what this episode's going to be about even yeah before you watch it but it, but i mean i'm i'm a novice in it and i at least understood that this was a impactful thing that was about to happen with this special yeah yeah and uh it was, and it worked, and, you know, there's a powerful trans positivity message at play, which, of course, some people are saying that Doctor Who's gone woke. <laughs> Doctor Who's always been woke. Go away. <laughs> you know, like, it's, uh, what are you talking about? What are you even talking about? Like, I can't, I can't even imagine someone who, like, has a problem with, with this type of thing liking Doctor Who, particularly yeah. not, not in the modern era. I mean, it's just, but um, but they they definitely they did put you know the whole thing many, is kind of very like on the on the nose, as it were. But and how many specials are there this this year coming out? Uh, I guess they're doing three. Like I guess they're doing one a week, and I am curious to see what they do with the next two exactly. Um. You know, because I think that they did a lot of the work that you would have expected already there in this first one, you know. And so I think we're just going to get like, I don't know if it'll be two more stories or one more two part story with these characters. Yeah. Um, but um, then that and then somehow it'll tie into where the show will pick up from there. Um, so it's, it's also like, it's, it's not really a spoiler, but like something's going to happen where the doctor has to regenerate at the <laughs> end. Yeah. Which it's like, it basically means doctor's going to die at the end. Yeah. And like, we, we pretty much know that already. So, uh, anyway, uh, enjoying the doctor who, and I'm still yeah. watching the curse and I'm still watching murder at the end of the world. But, you know, those are ongoing things. Uh, did you, you did you watch the first Hard Knocks in season episode with the Miami Dolphins last week? You know, we talked about it, and then I didn't. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't make so you it. you've got to watch for the Mike McDaniel of it all, right? We talked okay. about him yeah, last did. week. He he is he is like a kid who can't sit still in class at school. I, I mean, he is just 
he is all over the place, but it's interesting and it's funny and he's quirky and he's kind of exactly what you would expect. And I know there's going to be more sort of player centric pieces coming in the, in the episodes in the, in the future. But there was a lot about Mike McDaniel, a lot about Tyreek Hill in this first episode. And boy, it's just, I can't tell if he's the right person to be a, he's certainly not your prototypical NFL head coach, but man, he's getting some success with whatever this thing is that he's doing. And he, he is entertaining while he does it. Yeah, I should check that out. We were talking about it last week and I wanted to, and then I didn't fit it in. And then there was like so much football. Yeah. I know. Maybe that's part of it. It was like all three games on Thursday and then a game on Friday for some reason. Yeah. And then uh, all the games on, on, on Sunday. And yeah. What I what yeah. I found interesting about it was the episode referenced you know obviously sort of this is where they are in the season coming off of bye week and then went through this was last Tuesday night went through their game that Sunday two days before against the Raiders I mean so they turned it around you know in a day and a half to keep it as real time as possible and so I can only imagine they'll have stuff about their Black Friday game against the Jets uh tonight when when it airs yeah they did a very good job with sort of keeping it keeping it real time well, let's try to catch up with that. Watch last week's, and then watch watch tonight. And then tonight, yes. And then we, we can we can talk about it, you know, more directly. Yeah, I think it was in parts just that there was so much football, and Thanksgiving was in there, and <laughs> yeah, and you know, and, yeah. well, beyond that, I'm I'm uh, every two weeks writing about the show Monarch for the site, so I have a piece up on Friday about episodes three and four. Episode three was great. Episode four should come out basically overnight on Thursday, Friday this week. Um, we got a brand new monster in episode three that breathes on you and freezes you. It was amazing. He lives in Alaska. Oh, wow. So, so yeah, they're, they're all going all sorts of places with this, uh, with this show, but continues to be quite good. So I'll do three and four this Friday. And then Friday, my friend, the finale of great British breaking show collection 11 is this is a big deal. I don't know, know. I know you're up to speed on this, right? You know, all the characters where all the yeah. are from. This is like the finale of the season. Right. Now, yes. So this is so in you know in, in BBC terms or in British terms, they're collections. They're not series or seasons. So this is collection eleven. The finale is this Friday. Um, our whole family is looped in this time for the first time. So we're we're, we're very excited. We're cool. we're really they have a, they have a, a competition. A big the comp- finale. The competition has been has been fierce. Our favorite character Saku was voted off a few weeks ago. Um, but uh, we're 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 rooting for for Maddie or Maddie or Josh. They're both they're both excellent. So it's uh this is I think I told you before this is my stress relief show. It just like yeah. puts puts me in a calm place. So I love it. Good deal. Hopefully enjoy. Hopefully you know the person you want to win wins or you yeah. know and sure and, and the, oh, yeah sure you're like yeah sure it doesn't matter. Something <laughs> like, happens. This is stress ago. relief. Yeah. This isn't. Yeah. This isn't. Uh, you know, uh, the yeah. other thing I watched recently, I watched I watched a little bit of Celebrity Jeopardy on Hulu. Oh, okay. I should look. I, I got confused because, like, it, is there like a hiatus they're on or something? It seemed like a, the thing was full of quarterfinals, and oh, that was it. I, I don't know what happened to to that schedule after the strike, or if they kept going, or. You know, I think that comes on prime time, and they post on it. I don't know what how they do. That. I shouldn't have even mentioned it because yeah. I was like, <laughs> I don't know what the deal is. There's some celebrity Jeopardy on Hulu, and I wa- I was watching some episodes from like a month or two ago. But you know, whatever, it holds up. It's fine. Yeah. You know, anyway, I, I did enjoy. It. I didn't realize that they were doing like triple Jeopardy now. Oh, are they really? Oh boy. Yeah. At least oh, that's all for charity. That's all for they, charity. They do triple Jeopardy. Yeah. So they've got you know. Uh, triple dollar values in the third round. Each of the episodes is like 42 minutes long. Oh gosh. Okay. I've never yeah. seen, seen that. All right. So let's let's uh let's get on with the inevitable here. Let's get into Fargo episode three. What do you think? Yep, let's do it. So as per usual, uh we'll take a little 10 second break here, plug in some music. On the other side, we're gonna work through Fargo season five, episode three. Uh, which is called something like the paradox of intermediate relationships. Although we don't have that in our notes, so I may have said that. Oh, man. All right. Um, Coming soon. 
And yeah, so spoilers are on the table here for uh, Fargo season five through the third episode. Uh, so if you haven't watched that yet, beware. And um, yeah, we'll pick up uh, on the other side. Okay, welcome back. We are here to talk about, in a spoiler-filled way, Fargo Season 5, Episode 3. You were almost there, Cameron, the paradox of intermediate transactions. Wow. Almost yeah, there. there almost there. The paradox of intermediate transactions, Episode 3. In this episode, a lot happens here. It is Halloween in Minnesota 2019, and Dot is worried about both what her family is going to wear for Halloween and also how she's going to protect her home against Roy, Gator, and all of their men who have found where they are, where they live, and may be coming for her soon. Uh, she does some clever things I think we'll talk about there in her neighborhood to, to, to distract them from where, where she lives. Uh, the wit, the police officer we met in episode one, sees Gator steal evidence from the night that Dot was kidnapped. And Wayne's mom, Lorraine Lyon, and her lawyer, Danish, work to keep the police out of the murder investigation while saying that they can handle it themselves with some thoughts on police along the way. Meanwhile, old Munch is still out for his payment and also out for revenge from Roy, who set him up to do something that he wasn't prepared for, leads to quite some interesting activity, including some self-flogging, and also a flashback to 500 years ago in Wales, England, that we're going to have to dig into as to why this is there. But uh, all these things sort of come to a head as in the episode ends with Gator and his boys finding Dot at her home and leaves on a cliffhanger ready for episode four. So a lot happening there. Thoughts on this episode and, and where we went and how we went back and what happened here. Yeah, I mean, you kind of started at the end of what you were saying. It was, it was one of those things where it's building and building and you know things are leading towards when it's going to go down. You know, yeah. like in, in both of these settings, but I could tell that it wasn't going to be in this episode. You know, you could just kind of feel from the structure of the episode, or if you looked at how much time was remaining in the episode, it was like, well, we're not we're not getting there in this one. You know, uh, so I wasn't surprised that that kind of left us where it did. Um, really excited to watch episode four, absolutely, which is going to be like chaos. Um, <laughs> In you know, multiple fronts, I think, but you know, obviously, that's only episode four, so like, it's not like everything is going to be resolved. Um, I don't know. I enjoyed this episode a lot personally. Um, how did you feel about it? I I absolutely enjoyed it. Sort of what you said the the chase that you sort of knew wasn't going to come to an end. The the lead up to resolution that didn't quite get there that sort of leaves you in suspense of what's going to happen. Uh, the sort of befuddlement of why Lorraine and Danish are trying to keep the police out of this and then trying again, not to, to, to connect the dots between obviously old Munch is trying to get, you know, something that he wants, but also not getting thrown out of it by this flashback that we got. So a lot, a lot of different pieces there, but all, all in all, beyond just sort of the you need to understand what that piece was for really did enjoy this episode as well well yeah i mean i guess let's start there yeah it was one of the big things i wanted to talk about i don't know that i have answers yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right like one of the things i was curious about even was like what's going on with this ritual and <laughs> I, I i tried to do some internet research and i kind of came up short i'm hoping that uh some like better journalist than me uh has something that gets published on the internet later this week i don't know maybe i wasn't picking the right search terms but i was looking for like 16th century welsh rituals you know like I, what what are we looking for here so um, i'll tell you the one thing that jumped to mind which i think this may be it we'll have to see for what comes out after this episode officially airs tonight uh, have you ever heard of the term sin eating no, I, th you I think, think that's that, what this is. I think that that's what this is. That there was something after a person died. I've seen this in a movie somewhere. I'm trying to think of where it is. After a person died, there was something prepared 
sort of placed on the body and it was supposed to represent any sin left in their body. And someone was designated to be the person who would take on their sin. So as they passed on to the afterlife, this person could go through blameless and pure. Um, I can't say for certain that that's what this is. That's what it looked like to me. And then, you know, obviously it sort of moves back and forth between then and the the present, some of the rituals that we see then. But this idea of sin eating, very ancient, you know, again, not part of a modern uh, religion as far as I can tell. But that's what it looked like to me when I saw it. Well, no, I mean, that that seems absolutely right. And I mean, like, at least that, that was how I interpreted what was going on. I didn't have the term. Um, I'll I'll be curious to look into that a little bit more, just for my yeah. own, my own personal, you know, um, I don't know, curiosity about um, the practice. But it de- it definitely seems like that's what's happening. And yeah, um, the question is why? What what is it about? And was that or was that not old Munch there five hundred years ago? Yeah. See, I I thought it was a different actor. Okay. I couldn't confirm this for sure. What did you? How did it land for you? I've not having done any research on it, thought that there was enough similarity there that at least meant to think that it's the same person or maybe a relative of that. You know, of of old Munch. Right? I'm not not sure, but it's very striking for them to say, "Well, there's no connection there." No, they. I think they're clearly drawing a connection. So yeah. I was talking about this a bit with Felicia. Who's, who's writing on the the season for the site? Mm-hmm. Um, because she she seemed to be thinking it was supposed to be him, you know. And and I'm I'm just really not sure. I, yeah. I, I think what is clear is that the the way that things are framed, um, that we're drawing a connection between old Munch and, um this guy and 500 years ago in Wales. Right. I, I think that's clear, but um, I think it's a different actor, uh, but I couldn't confirm for sure that it is. Yeah. Because... What, what kind of makes sense to me is if it's it, 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 maybe throughout the, you know, there's six more episodes, seven more episodes after this one, we start to see an old munch lineage, right? Where these rituals started 500 years ago. And we see his history leading up to him doing some of this self-flogging and self-mutilation that we see in the episode that something started in that family long ago that continues here 500 years later. Yeah, that's possible. That's possible. Um, or maybe it's him and and this will be this that kind of supernatural element like the UFO or something, yep. you know. Um, I, I think with the history of Fargo, the door is open for that kind of possibility somehow definitely um so we'll see i definitely thought it was intriguing and old bunch in general is is just very intriguing as a character to me um and i kind of enjoyed his little interactions with his mama his mama which i guess we're led to believe that's actually his mother that's his mother's home and he's just saying you know you stay downstairs drink your beer and watch your women's tennis and i'm gonna stay upstairs in my rocking chair i live here now yeah which he did, man, he's not doing anything. <laughs> right. Um, sitting in a chair. And then he goes out and, you know, we'll see what, 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 what occurs because he, it definitely seems like he has decided to, um, do this ritual. And I, yeah, the way I read it, I think go, go kill Roy. Is that what he's trying to do? You think here? It, it seemed to me that he was. After someone in that house, it didn't look like Roy is home at the moment that he gets there. But we see clearly that the wife or new partner in the home and the two girls are in bed. And so he is there. I don't know if it's looking to take out his revenge on them, you know, considering what Roy set him up to do and how he was uh, really thrown off by what Dot, how Dot was able to hurt him. And he wanted his money. They tried to kill him. So I'm going to take out my revenge by attacking your family. I think we'll see that confrontation next episode as well. Yeah, that's possible. Yeah, that's good. Maybe he's going to kidnap Roy's family, or yeah, um, I don't. Just the fact that he got all like muddy or whatever. I don't know. Maybe he's just going to kill him. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Speaking of which, Roy's wife Karen, I think is worth talking about for a couple of reasons. One is I was kind of at pains last week to to point out 
of the tense involved in um, um, the idea that Dorothy was Roy's wife or is Roy's wife, you know, yeah. like how he's viewing that. Um, and it's striking then that, no, he's got a new wife. So I don't know. I, I guess I'm just wondering if Dorothy faked her own death or something. Because there's a picture of her on the wall. Yeah. It's kind yeah, of weird. I, That's what I'm reading into. I think she faked her own death. What do you think? I, I wondered that too. And I also wondered, based on some of the things he said, in, uh, Roy said in episode two, and some of the things he implies in here in episode three, is he's sort of not brainwashing, but finding these women who almost agree with his worldview that women are sort of his property and he can do what he wants with them. And, you know, they have to be sort of how she comes to him and in bed that one night when he's lying there smoking, just have to be subservient to him. And, and it it doesn't matter who she was or what, what she did. She just has to do whatever, whatever he wants. And I think that Dodd represents the one that got away, the one that didn't feel that way. And so that's why he's so motivated to find her. No, yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I found that scene very amusing. It's just like <laughs> opening up their bino sex toys or whatever. Yeah. You know? It's like I like role playing is clearly a part of their sex life regularly. Yeah. And she wants to know, you know, what role he would like her to take on. Um <laughs> Maybe, angry feminist maybe, angry <laughs> feminist yeah that's what he's just he's just not into it you know he's sitting there contemplating nadine which yeah. i guess was Dorothy's name you know but I, I do think putting this putting this together given the fact that he uh has a new wife and so on and maybe even most importantly the fact that uh, her picture is on the wall yeah i don't know what other possibility there is besides that um She's officially supposed to be dead. Yeah, and he's found out clearly that she's not. Her, he says specifically, I think in episode two, her fingerprints popped up in a database after she was arrested. So he sort of gathered this group of people to find her, including Old Munch. That fails, and now he's uh, gathered his son, Gator, oh, and just the guys you trust oh, to go oh, find man. her. And so they're rolling up, and they're wearing like Nightmare Before Christmas masks or whatever. <laughs> yeah. and, I mean, what do you think about she changed the street signs? Which that that in and of itself is like doesn't strike me as the easiest thing in the world to do. No. But she just seems on top of how to do that. Yeah. You know? Um but man, these guys are bumbling, you know. Well, I found it funny. I mean, obviously Juno Temple is, is incredible, but she's not I don't know, she she's not Laura Croft Tomb Raider, right? She, she's not the most, you know, imposing, intimidating female that ever has existed, but she's so she's going out to these signs with a ladder and like a handheld screwdriver and replacing them all in the middle of the night. I mean, the ingenuity to know that that needs to be done. Awesome. But yeah, could she actually do it? Uh, I'm not so sure. Yeah, I'm a little less sure too, because I think that street signs are, uh i think you might need a special tool or something yes yes unless maybe it's different in minnesota maybe they're more trusting (laughs) minnesota Uh, nice but i but i I think in general yeah this might strain plausibility i didn't look into it a lot but i don't think you know not nor do i encourage anyone to try to go out and just change a street sign (laughs) but um i think it might be a little bit more difficult than that yeah, yeah, I, I think so. But and it, and it only seemed to have deterred them for about five minutes because they found her still that same that same night. Well, see, what I liked was their confusion over how their GPS was telling them one thing and the signs <laughs> weren't matching up. And you know, it just maybe I get it. Maybe think about about that. But then there's a question of which one do you trust? You exactly. Know? I gotta admit, when I when I drive now, I don't think I ever look at a street sign. I'm just trusting that my phone is telling me to go the right way. See, I, my my inclination actually would be to trust the street signs. You know, like <laughs> if I'm using the thing, you know, I double check the street sign. You know, I'd be, you know, trusting the street sign because that that's objective reality. Right. So I so I do kind of get that. You know. Um, but these guys do not seem we'll see what happens you know yeah but yeah. I, but i feel like they're going to roll up in there and she's going to take them all out that's what i think is going to happen 
Yeah, and she's going to have to home alone it again because she couldn't get a gun. She had to divert to the pepper spray, I think, because we saw that. And uh, much to the dismay of her her husband, who's just like along for the ride here and just we're going to go spend $5,000 on a couple of guns and he's he's uh he's still oblivious to what's going on here yeah he's just he's so meek as it were you know it just <laughs> so oh, that sure is expensive but i guess i'll do it you know yeah. um but yeah and, and they got the waiting period so they couldn't take the gun home right away so i guess probably she's got pepper spray she's always yeah. also got the bat with nails in it Yes. And I believe that house is still all home aloneed up. I think, yes. I think, I don't I think, think they got right. rid of any of that stuff. And speaking of the bat, I, I loved just if for people that have seen all these things, where the triangulation of that bat connected to the Walking Dead and Negan's bat, and they're dressed up like zombies and zombie hunters, connected to that's the same bat that Steve uses in Stranger Things to kill some of the demogorgons. I mean it's just 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 the interesting sort of connection between all those all those pieces there. Yeah, and here comes Joe Carey. Yeah. I was trying to figure out who Joe Carey was reminding me of in this episode. I think he's doing a really good job with this character of Gator. Yep. And I did land on it, but I don't know if it's gonna land for anyone else. I, I felt like he was reminding me a bit of Mike Patton. The like, lead singer of Faith No More. Oh, interesting. But okay. like I see a little bit. 1990s Mike Patton. <laughs> it was giving me the vibe. Mike Patton's a really interesting guy. Uh, yeah. But anyway. I'm a winner. It, I don't know why it was it was, it was, it was, there was there's something about the way that um Gator was coming across in this that very yeah. directly reminded me of a certain kind of Mike yeah. Patton vibe. This is, I think we touched on this. This is a great alternative role for him. Obviously, I mean, he's iconic for Steve and Stranger Things. This is a great role for him. Just sort of this um, under the thumb of his father, this vaping Mountain Dew drinking asshole who, you know, just trying to do the, the what he thinks is the right thing to still <laughs> still do what his dad, dad wants. It, it's a really cool role for him. Yeah, I and mean, I think he's doing a great job. Um Speaking of police, we get the scene with uh, Lorraine and um, Deputy Olmstead and uh, her boss. I guess I don't have his name. It's already I don't know how yeah. much of a character he is. What did you think of this little speech that she gives about the function of the police? I, I thought this was interesting because clearly, one, she is someone who thinks will handle everything. Obviously, I mean, she, you know, says that much with her, her sidekick Danish. But uh, it, it's more interesting compared to Roy Tillman, a sheriff, police officer, and what he sort of feels his role is of authority, the law, the 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 police. Um, I, I I sort of picked up some sort of how the the two would compare, but I, I I found this speech to be probably the most interesting, maybe thought provoking part of the episode. I was going to ask you the same thing: what you thought of it? That's an interesting comparison to what we're getting with Roy. Yeah, um, yeah, and for some reason I hadn't quite thought about that, but there's a there'd be a real tension there insofar as he's claiming he is the embodiment of the law basically um but makes his own law yeah he decides what the law is yeah you know um as far as lorraine's speech the the biggest thing that i thought about was actually how um i mean i kind of don't know about this because the the conceptual content of what she says is something that i've heard before um and the most direct source i'd want to point to is like anarchists yeah you know and um did you ever watch i'm a virgo no never have yeah well i think we mentioned it on here before regardless there's kind of you kind of get this line in i'm a virgo from the other direction right that the, the police aren't really like the good guy heroes. The police only exist to protect the property of, you know, the wealthy and that, that sort of thing. 
And um, I thought that was kind of interesting how Lorraine here is basically giving that line from the other point of view, right? I mean, she's claiming that um, your role is just to, uh, you know, keep the barbarians from the gate. We're, mm-hmm. we're inside the gate now. You have no function here. I mean, she basically says it's pretty um, directly. And um, I don't know what I think about that because I, I, having known some people who are like Lorraine. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that they would tend to say this. And and also strikes me that she, I guess, because she just wants to handle internally considers dot as inside the gates or part of the family or part of the community. When clearly she wants to separate herself completely from her as quickly as she, as quickly as she can. And the police could do that, frankly, if they, you know, get to the bottom of this, but she just doesn't see those two things connecting. I don't think. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's true, right? So, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I at one level, I get it, and I think it fits. And clearly that this is her view. Yeah. That she doesn't want the police involved, you know, but I don't know. I, I, maybe I'm getting too hung up on this. I don't know how I feel about her giving such explicit voice to this. Yeah, that's true. That's like true. her believing it. Yes, her saying it out loud in this way, I'm a little unsure that yeah. um, that she would do that. But it just strikes me as someone in every instance we've seen her family meals, pictures, this situation, going to assume control no matter what, even if it's with someone that should have authority or control. And so she's gonna t- she's gonna take whatever she wants whenever she wants. And I, I, I mean, I think she's playing this character great. She she just is ex- <laughs> extremely um, hateable. I mean, clearly they want you to, you to think that about her. Um, but also, like you can't take your eyes off her at the same time. Yeah, uh, Jennifer Jason Lee doing a great job here. That's all I'm saying. I feel like yeah. uh, in my mind, what she would say along these lines was maybe more such as something like you work for me you work for us you know like the higher classes are the ones who have real power and you work for us which was just kind of what she says but um you know i don't know saying you have no function within the walls or whatever yeah again i thought it was interesting because it came so close to what is um, a kind of anarchist critique of the police, you know, coming from the complete other direction. We get mm-hmm. that argument that um, the police don't really exist to help people or protect people or yeah. certainly not poor people. They, they exist to protect the property of the wealthy. And, you know, I mean, you get that whole kind of line. Well, it was interesting how, how close she was to that, but from the other direction. From the other direction. Yeah. And I wonder if, as season four tried to talk about issue of race and how it's developed in this country, if this is sort of the issue that will be bubbling up throughout this entire, this entire season, right? The, the theme as it were um, here for episode or for season five. Yeah. I mean, I suppose Yeah, when you bring in what um, Roy was saying to the FBI, you know, uh, yeah, I think we are already seeing a, a certain through line about this question of, um, the role of the police, if you like, or different Definitely. branches of law enforcement. Definitely. Yeah, so that's interesting. Great episode. Can't wait for can't wait for the next one. I think there's as you said, a lose. Should I in here? You want to talk about this whole militia thing? Was yeah, it like, oh, yeah. Um, this is I get. I think it's Karen's dad. I'm not sure. This guy's name's Odin. Yeah, I can't quite place. I mean, what his role is other than he's helping Roy gather this small militia that I guess the the, the question is to do what? Or Roy's helping him? Yeah. Because he wants more weapons, but Roy says, oh, no, no, we need to take it slow. Right. Um, And the FBI just came to talk to me, you know, cool your jets, uh, just wait a little bit or something like that. He's he's rather dismissive of him. He is, and that sort of makes me wonder: Is this sort of a you know an insurrection we're planning here, or you, you know what's the 
what's the end end goal here? Taking over this this the state. What uh, what do they need this group of people for? They needed just one or two guys. They thought to find dots. So it's clearly not that. So there's just some other goal in no, mind. No, I mean, and and this guy Odin, he says something like, you know, we're not going to take the country back with harsh language or something. Yeah. So he definitely kind of feels like a right-wing militia potential <laughs> insurrectionist. And I don't know how to read this exactly. The vibe I got was that our Sheriff Roy Tillman is maybe not super into that yeah. personally, but kind of wants to keep, he, he wants them in his pocket sort of you know yeah you guys slow boil over here while i take care of my personal things yeah so he wants to play it as he as though he's on their side but he's not really into it and i wonder how that will yes um play forward because presumably that's going to factor into where this whole season's going exactly so so many open threads i'm interested to see where where they go yeah i'm looking forward to it and we'll see that whole aspect if that really comes to the fore will be in competition with like what's more entertaining what we get here or what we got in the righteous gemstones (laughs) i think maybe it's gonna be the righteous gemstones but we'll see what happens (laughs) can't wait can't wait for episode four uh we'll be talking about that one next week yeah sounds good so again thanks for listening as always uh check out the website tvobsessive.com you can follow us on social media search for tv obsessive you know, click follow, whatever. Um, please do, you know, consider leaving us a good review wherever you listen to the podcast. Uh, pop on over to the YouTube page, like and subscribe, and uh, we'll be back next week, continuing on with Fargo season five. Looking forward to it. See you then. <laughs>